folks, we're back for part three. Um, we are going to, we have three recordings left. So to enable us to get this podcast done and out, we're going to play these three recordings. I will introduce each one as we go along. And we will play the three and then uh, Drifter and I will talk about them after. The first one comes from uh, a lady by the name of Jojo. And this is Jojo's thoughts on moderation um, and how she views it. Uh, so here's Jojo. Miss Polly, I tried moderation. I know you're shocked by that. Um, each time I tried it, because I tried it a lot of different times. I mean, I can't even begin to tell you how many times I tried it. Um, that I would make it like four days tops, maybe five. I think a week is about the longest I ever made it. And then everything would just get so overwhelming. And I'd sit down to have one or two drinks. And next thing you know, I'm not paying attention. And, you know, I'm halfway through a bottle of bourbon or I've gone through an entire bottle of wine. I used to try to like ration the alcohol. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't bring much into the house. I'd be like, okay, so I've only got half a bottle of bourbon left. So that'll last me five days or that'll last me six days. And I would try to like, I would measure my pores. I would, you know, anything that I thought would slow me down in some way. I'm not going to drink before such and such time. I mean, I, I would put all these crazy systems in place to try to just drink in moderation. And I couldn't, I just, no matter how hard I tried, I couldn't. And the only time I've been successful not drinking is now. I mean, I've, I've never, I mean, the longest I've ever made it is 30 days. And so for me to even think moderation would work now is complete insanity. And I know it, but believe it or not, the thought does cross my mind that, oh yeah, I could have just one, but no, I can't because I, I, I put on IAS one time, if I'm going to have one, I'm going to have six or I'm going to have eight. It's completely the truth, completely. But if you have questions or anything, give me a call because I bet you almost every one of us has tried moderation at some point. Yes, definitely. We've all tried the moderation. And next, we've got one of our good friends, Rags. And this is Rags' thoughts on moderation. Moderation. And is it a possibility? Well, I am going to tell you for me, it is not. And me is Tracy. Or as they call me on the app, Regat or my nickname, Rags. And um, I just wanted to chime in to tell you my thoughts on it because moderation is the one thing that, or the possibility of moderation is the one thing that set me from my almost seven months of sobriety to zero. I said to myself, if I can go seven months on my first try of quitting alcohol, then certainly I can moderate you know, just drink on a holiday or just drink when my husband wants to. Originally, I wanted to quit for my husband because he thought that it was leading to memory problems for me and I was a lot like my mother and uh, he didn't like that. 
So I originally quit for him. So when he asked me to moderate because he missed me drinking with him when we go out to restaurants or on holidays, I thought, hmm, well, if he's asking me to, he's the whole reason I was doing this. So why not? You know? And uh, yeah, it lasted about a week, I would say. And the deal was, is that I would only drink when he drank. And well, that's quickly a problem. Not only is that a problem for me because I'm giving the power to somebody else, in the same breath, that's the whole reason why quitting drinking for him was never going to work in the long run. Because every time I got mad at him, I was like, oh, I'll show you. I'm going to go to this closet and I'm going to drink my way to whatever I want. So don't tell me I can't drink, you know? And that's the ego coming into play, which I wouldn't consider myself an egotistical person in any way. Um, but my ego, when it gets bruised like that, whew, it takes a licking, but it keeps on ticking. So I wasn't going to stand for that. And um, so my attempts to moderate were funny because it just became an obsession all day long. That's all I thought about. I, because I was only going to drink when he drank, I was like, ooh, we should have Italian food. And then if we have Italian food, then he's going to want to drink a wine because he's Italian. And whenever we drink Italian, or whenever we drink Italian food, whenever we eat Italian food, we drink wine. And we romanticize the idea of that, you know? So I would be pushing Italian food or you know, let's go sit by the pool. I'll get you a drink. You want to smoke a cigar? Because I knew that all of those things came along with wine or alcohol in some way, shape or form. And that just meant that I was going to get my fix. So it became an obsession for me. All day long, I'd be sitting at my desk at work and thinking, okay, it's three o'clock. So by four o'clock, he'll come home. And then I can ask him, you know, uh, how are you feeling today? Or can we have Italian food? And then he'll say yes. And you know, my whole freaking day was planned around whether or not he was going to allow me to drink wine. And it just became an obsession. It became my thought 24-7, how was I going to get wine today? And that's just not a way to live, you know? That is a terrible, terrible feeling to need something like that to get through your day or to hope and pray that something is going to happen that is a poisonous substance and why am I romanticizing this you know and I got so stuck for so long in woe is me I feel so sorry for myself that I'm sitting here in this restaurant and everyone else gets to drink and just not me like oh poor you um poor me that doesn't get to have you know a toast someday at my son's future wedding why am I even worried about this shit right now? You know, like it's, it's, it's years and years away. So why am I putting this into the equation? It's silly. And as soon as I said I was going to stop feeling sorry for myself and I was going to start having fun and living life and uh, celebrating my sobriety, that changed the whole thing for me. It was like a click. Forget that this is a death sentence. It's a life sentence. And I mean it. It's a lifestyle choice and it's a good one. And I am so much better off for it. So moderation, it does not work for me. It will never work for me. But you know what does? Sobriety. So we'll play the last one. And this is from Namaste. Um, and the, these are her thoughts on moderation. I was never good at moderating anything. Faulty shut off switch here. 
The big boxes of wine were dangerous for me because you can't see how much you've drank or how much is left in the box. I would rip the boxes apart and squeeze every last drop out of that plastic bladder that's inside. So then I would buy the big bottles of wine, trying to moderate, and drink at least probably half of one of those. And then it started to become almost a full one. So in an attempt to moderate again, I started to buy single bottles of wine and tried to make rules that I would only drink one. But that tactic usually resulted in another trip to the package store when I probably shouldn't be driving at that point. The next tactic was to switch to vodka because that handle of vodka would last me a lot longer and cost me a lot less. As a bonus point, I read somewhere, I think it was in the Skinny Bitch book, that if you're trying to lose weight, the best thing to drink is vodka on the rocks. Obviously that didn't work out too well either. So I guess the bottom line is moderation never did work for me. So at least I know that and I'm not even gonna try. It's just kind of a mind fuck. I've tried it with cigarettes. I've tried it with sweets, food, shopping, internet, sex, and alcohol, just about everything. I really don't have a shutoff switch, so I have to be vigilant about it. I've learned a lot from the IAS group, my ladies group, podcasts, and all the stories that I read every day and the books. I know the slogan is one day at a time, and I do believe that. But also, I know that I can never touch alcohol again in any shape or form, even a sip. It was the same with cigarettes. Moderation was a joke. That was a long time ago, and I know I can never touch a cigarette again, not even a puff. So I am just going to follow the same rule with alcohol. Wish me luck. Namaste. Okay, we just listened to Jojo, Rags, and Namaste. Jojo and Rags are now in the 110 milestone, and Namaste is in the six-month milestone. So... um. They've done really, really well. Yes, yeah. And they've all tried moderating. <laughs> yes. With no success. Surprise, surprise. I've even done no. the box wine and cut it open and pull the plastic out and get the last drop out. I've done that one before now. So that one sounded, yes, I've been there. I've done that. So, so. Jojo, let's go in order. Jojo, yeah. she tried a lot of different ways to, mm-hmm. yep. to moderate. And, and it would only last, what, four to five days? Four to five to four but, days, Max. Yeah, and maybe a, a, week a week here and there. Yeah. And she tried to ra- ration her mm. alcohol. She measured pores. She said she tried all kinds of crazy different systems, and she couldn't moderate. No. So. And she said when it got overwhelming, she would have a drink. But then after a couple of drinks, she would lose control of it, which is what yeah, happened to she would forget. Us. That she was moderating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, ha- I, and I can relate to that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was supposed to be moderating. Shit, I forgot all about that. Woo-hoo. Everything comes down when you've had a couple of drinks. Everything comes. You've got no control over anything. So you don't count your drinks because your mind has just gone somewhere else. Forget moderation when you've had a couple of drinks. That's it. It's, it's not even in the ballpark. But. She she tried so many different ways. And like she said, the only time she's been sober is now. And she's killing 110 days. And Rags, bless her heart, 
how she manipulated to be able to have the wine. It was that must have been exhausting. Well, right off the bat, her uh, first goal was, okay, if I can do seven months, then I can moderate. So right off the bat, she set herself up. I remember other people when I started my journey in IAS that had goals of 100 or 200 days or certain goals. And her goal was was seven months. And I remember back then she kind of breezed through that. Mm -hmm. And these other people did too. And then everybody that you saw that met their goal that decided to to go back and drink. Well, I don't know about everybody, but a lot of these people, when they did open that door back up, they were in that reset cycle. You can't close the door. It's so hard to close that door once it's been opened up. During that time where they gave themselves that one goal, it's like their attic voice was just fell to the back back of the class. (laughs) He was sitting there with his feet up on the desk and his hands behind his head, just waiting. Yeah, go do your seven months. Go try it. See how you get on. I'll just sit here patiently waiting. (laughs) She did that and she came back and the moderation went out the window. Yeah. So then she went to where, okay, well, I will only drink when my husband drinks. Mm -hmm. Right. And Mm -hmm. and so that's when all the manipulation came in. That's that's a lot of hard work. Just to have a glass. She worked her ass off and she was obsessed. (laughs) Yes. She was miserable. She was so sad. It's because of the pressure you put yourself under just trying to moderate. And it because it's a constant battle all the time. And like we say, that word obsession, it's the baseline of moderation becomes an obsession. And it just it ruled, like she said, it ruled her life. Hey, she was creative. You got to give Rags credit, though. She's really freaking creative. (laughs) She waited, you know, I love it. Let me buy the pool. Let me get you a drink. Drink. Would you like a cigar? cigar? (laughs) Let me get you a drink, (laughs) you know, and man. And she would sit there and romanticize a drink Mm -hmm. all day long. She was obsessed and she did what she could to get it. Then she even went through the poor me cycle where if she was out and about or whatever, she saw other people drinking and, and she was miserable. Are they everybody that we've spoken to or has given their thoughts and that everybody was manipulating the situation in order to be able to grab as much as alcohol as they could without going over the top, measuring five ounces, counting your shots. It, it's all manipulation and obsession. It's like a, um, a jigsaw puzzle moving pieces around, isn't but it? You're just then- moving them around. Then she did this. She got sick of being miserable. She changed her her mindset. And she said she went from a death sentence to, to a, a life. life sentence. Yeah. And when we say life, we mean life. We don't mean, you know, a prison sentence. Well, let's look at that statement right there, Polly, because when we were drinking, we would wake up every morning and we would want to die. We would mm-hmm. wake up with yeah. shame, remorse, guilt, the whole nine yards. Me, I, I, I woke up wanting to literally kill myself. Now that I'm sober, I'm not trying to moderate. And I've made that choice that it's abstinence only. I wake up every morning and I want life. I wake up excited. Uh, even when I don't have a, a lot of sleep, I wake up. I'm ready to go in life. Not once have I thought of killing myself this whole freaking time. No. And when you make that choice... You gain control. Says it right there. She literally went from a death sentence to a life sentence. 
I did a post about light bulb. When, when will you have your light bulb moment? When will you turn the light on to the reality of what your life is like? Everybody that ever <laughs> hasn't been able to moderate is getting a light bulb moment, right? And Namaste. Oh, gosh. Yeah, you can really relate with her, huh? Yes. Ripping I mean, that back box open and <laughs> yeah, and squeezing the last little drop out of the bot out of the, the little plastic bag that's inside. Because you drink, you you've got this nice box of wine and you're oh, let's have another drink, let's have another drink. It was so easy, but you can't see how much you're drinking, like she said, until you suddenly see this tiny trickle and you think, hang on a minute, where's my wine? So you rip the box apart and you shake this bladder and, you know, flatten it all out and squeeze all the wine to the bottom where the tap is. <laughs> right. And you drain the dregs of it. You know, I mean, that is such a sad way to live when you think about it. It's so, so sad. And That's yeah. almost as bad as like the crack addict uh, looking to the carpet for that piece he dropped. Oh, God, truth. It's scary. But then she went doesn't. to single bottles thinking another way to to moderation went to single bottles and then ended up drinking and driving and i think there is a lot of people will relate to that as well um i could relate to the water in the wine to make it last longer and to hopefully not get a hangover i could relate to measuring the drinks i can relate to um the the bladder inside the box of wine did you ever she switched she switched to vodka did you ever do that no no, I didn't. Uh, I did. I, I didn't. And I have to be truthful. That kind of stuff scared me. Um, I had a healthy respect for spirits. I just, they weren't anywhere I wanted to go. My wine was my, my drink of choice. and I stuck with it. I am more than grateful that I didn't turn to spirits. Because I think that morning that I decided I didn't want to live like this, I wonder if I'd have ever got there. You know, that's, yeah. that's uh, there, but for the grace of God. But and like, she tried like, to moderate everything. Yes. The internet, cigarette. Yeah. I mean, nothing for Namaste worked. No, shopping, internet, drinking, cigarettes, sex, all of it. Um, that's the nature of an addictive personality is we go at everything with such, we do it 110%. I mean, look how many hours you've put into these podcasts, wearing yourself out. And I have to admit, I get tired as well. When we do anything, we do it full bore. We don't, and you can go through the I Am Sober app and you can read how many miles someone will cycle, how many miles someone will run, etc. And it's all to try and get ahead of the voice to shut it up because the more you can make yourself feel good, the, the, the better you can shut that voice down. Well, you know me, I'm not about distraction. I'm about uh, confrontation. Yeah. Because you can only distract the voice so long in my opinion. And then the voice uh, confronting the voice for me is what shuts it down. I have to say that you're talking about rags and her seven months, the amount of people we've seen struggling at about six months or so has been huge. Well, that's how this all started <laughs> yeah. with uh, that six month milestone where Laura at, with moderation and everybody that got in on that post 
we were like, wow, this is a huge issue that we, sh- we already knew it was, but this yes. is, we have this platform or let's talk about this. I've been down the moderation road before. So this time for me, there was no, I didn't even, it didn't even enter my head because it was just a no, no, right from day one of uh, putting the alcohol down. So there was going to be no moderation for me because I know it's not possible. Up until I got sober, mm-hmm. I tried moderation. Yes. Way I could. Mm-hmm. But now that I've gotten sober, it's abstinence all the way because I know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, we're not under any illusions um, because we've both been in the pits of hell. And we're under no illusion as to the effects of alcohol, but it's not just the effects of alcohol on us. It's the effects of alcohol on our family and our friends as well, because they are the ones that watch us uh, do this to ourselves. They watch us with these um, addictive personalities and it's got to be heartbreaking for them as well. Yeah, because they see moderation fail. Um, this was uh, a wonderful podcast. I've enjoyed it. Yes, I had a great time. I did as well. And, and, I, um, and thank you to everybody <laughs> that sent in your clips. Oh, uh, we got with your uh, examples. Well, before we wind up this podcast and Drifter, I thank you for stepping in as um, Karina's stand in for this two two for one podcast yeah i want her can add too if i stand in here i want to be able to write her (laughs) good luck with that one she's got two thousand miles on it already (laughs) i know she's she's got an iron ass too and she gave she gave i i must a ride and she's been going around and seeing everybody it's so wonderful she's been managing to meet uh people in person that we only know virtually from our app but what we'd like to do is thank these people that shared their thoughts and um, their experiences with us. We had Al Webby. Um, we had Virginia. Thank you, ladies. We had Carolyn. Thank you very much. Maddie, bless her. And then we've got um, Karina from Cornwall in the middle of her vacation. Bless her, came on and gave us her thoughts on her stint of moderation and joe jojo uh rags tracy and namaste we thank you all for your thoughts and for your how your trials went on moderation and i'm hoping everybody can take a lot of information away from this and realize that moderation does not work well right now we're we're a hundred percent agreement that with all of us that it doesn't work No, it it doesn't. And I'll just read you a little short thing here. Joy. uh, Joy is the way. Joy throughout the day. Joy at twilight. Joy in our dreams, waking and sleeping. For so long, we believed that our joy depended on specific outward circumstances, on particular situation being a certain way, or on the presence or behavior of a particular person. While getting what we want and being with those we love can add to our joy, we have learned another kind of joy, a deeper kind of joy, a joy that abides and carries us through. Joy doesn't come from the outside, although the energies of the universe and universal love can add to our joy and fill our wellspring. Joy comes from doing the divine will each moment. Joy comes from living in harmony with ourselves each moment of each day. Joy comes from trusting each moment that the secret 
That's the secret of joy. Receive it now, then pass it on with a smile and a kind word to all who come along your path. You have to find everything you need on this journey within yourself. There are externals, books, podcasts, etc. But everything else comes from deep within your own well. Yeah, um, that's the arena is for me. That's what I call it. Yeah. Um, and you called it the arena all the way along from. And I think uh, it was a Brene Brown book. Brene you, Brown. Yeah. Way back at the beginning. The um, man in the arena. Yeah. And Peter that's who you are. Theodore Roosevelt. Yes. Um, and thank you so much for coming and standing in for Karina on this podcast. People, um, I hope that the thoughts and words of these very brave ladies will resonate with you. They do with me. Um, I can also relate to a lot of what they told us. And I wish you well. And we are pulling into the station and we're going to disembark the train. So I will tell you, no sippy, no slippy. And my friend Drifter will tell you. Pour the poison down the sink. And Karina would say. Uh, I forgot. Not, not another drop, no matter what. <laughs> you, you put me on the spot there. I've <laughs> I like doing that. Anyway, but this is your yeah. podcast. I want to do that, right? <laughs> yes, you would. You'd take over if I gave you, you know, if I gave you a chance, you'd take over my podcast. But anyway, <laughs> folks, we're about to disembark the train and we hope you enjoy this po podcast. And I hope we, you got a lot of information from it. So thank you very much. And we'll see you next time riding the sober train into the beautiful life of sobriety. Thank you. Bye.